Right now it's Travel Craft Coffee. They've got some awesome deals for DNVR members. If you're a first time customer, go to StravaCraftCoffee.com, use the code DNVR25 for 25% off your first order. You can get a Strava Craft Coffee subscription, get your coffee every two, three, four, six, or eight weeks, and then you can get 25% off that purchase with the code DNVR25. If you're a returning customer, use the code DNVR20 for 20% off Strava Craft Coffee, which is packed with CBD. You know the benefits. It can help relieve long-term back pain, migraines, arthritis, IBS, tons of other stuff as well. Head to StravaCraftCoffee.com right now. What is up, everybody? Welcome into. <laughs> it's like you're gonna sneeze. I got too early. I blew the timing. Welcome into the DMBA show. <laughs> there it is. Well, I, I, it. So, I have one of those on my phone. Do you really? Yeah, yeah. I should probably just wait. Wait, wait why? Um. <laughs> okay, so this, this, this coming. Oh. Yeah, it does date. It, it, it dates back about three, four years. Um. I forgot even why I have it, but, but, but it was just to be annoying, yeah. to be honest with you, because <laughs> I, I really love that horn, but yeah. <laughs> so, uh, we got, as you guys can see, man, we have a special guest here, but first I'm going to, uh, the man who's all about pineapples, it is Brendan Vogt. Yeah, I'm told it's the international sign of swingers. Hey, so, man. Listen, uh, couples. <laughs> Come on down, have a drink. Just saying, let's just see what happens. Bar. The NVR bar in the off season, it really turns into more of a swingers bar. A lot of people don't know that. That, but that's what it is. That's how I plan to start the Chris Dempsey episode for sure. <laughs> yeah, there we go. Over here, I got the man with the wind behind his hat. It's uh, Harrison Wind. Uh, the bar does not turn into that, so please, <laughs> please come down. Good corner, Colfax and York. Yeah. I love the chemistry we have as a group here, where we always do a wildly inappropriate joke, and Harrison always has to like clarify. <laughs> that's it's important like, yeah. for the um, audience to know. Like that's, that's why I'm here. You know? <laughs> that's not actually happening. And then a very special guest, guys. Of course, out to TV zone. You guys know him. It's Christopher Dempsey. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the studio, man. Welcome to the studio. Yes. Very exciting. Yes, very exciting. Th this is actually, it's very exciting to me, too, because A, I've seen, obviously, this go by on all the social media, and then I've passed by, as I was telling Adam, <laughs> uh, this, this bar many, many times, so to be in here is awesome, mm -hmm. so it, this is a great setup for anybody oh, who has thanks, not man. been down here. Get down here. Well, we're so excited to have you, man. Of course, during the season, you're always working the game, always working with Altitude, um, and this year especially, man, I, I, every time we have, we've had like Singer on, we've had different people like Katie on, I always say it's weird because we saw each other almost every single day for five years, <laughs> yeah. I and I haven't seen you for two years. Yeah, it's been two years, So man. how's your life been? <laughs> <laughs> well, it's been great. Um, I, I have a kid who's now like, he feels like he's 10, yeah, <laughs> but, but he'll be five next month. But yeah, no, it's been, you're right about that. It's been an interesting year, two, well, two years. I mean, that's just what it is. I mean... Um, without a lot of human contact at all, yeah. and especially in the media, you know, even toward the end of this basketball season, it wasn't like we were able to just see each other in a real way. I mean, yeah. people are in different parts of the arena. There's right. zones. It's and so hopefully we'll we'll start coming out of that next season. Do you think we will? I mean, I know I don't know if anything's been announced, but do you think it's going to be normal next no. year? No, I don't think it'll ever be normal again. I, I think. Wow. Uh, yeah. Sweet. I, I, yeah, I think that. I think Zoom press conferences are here to stay in no. some form or another. So Wild. in other words, I, I could see this happening. You you would have a shoot around that they would just tell the media, don't worry about coming to right. the arena. We're going to do those over Zoom. Or just no um, team will ever have a shoot around again. Officially. Yeah, I mean, officially. No official <laughs> shoot around ever yeah. again. Yeah, that's, yeah <laughs> then there's that. Um, and then maybe 
in-person press conferences for after the game. Maybe not, you know, and then, then everything on a podium. Nothing like in a scrum, uh, yeah. the, the way it used to be. Yeah. Um, so I, I could see just where some of the changes would be. And then everything also simulcast uh, on Zoom. So right. if you're not there, you can still be at a press conference, which also obviously allows international media right. to participate in everything else. I could see a scenario where you have maybe the coach and then like the two big players, like in the Nuggets case, Michael Malone and then Nicole Jokic and Jamal Murray. Maybe those are over Zoom. And then if you're there, maybe there's like a separate room where or a separate area where the players go to where the media who's there, like who's been vaccinated or negative tests or whatever, yeah. can go to also. So there's like a, a mix zone t type of thing where some players can go to, but then some stuff is still over Zoom. Yeah. I could see that. Yeah, it's going to be a hybrid. And, and I would be – I think I would be borderline shocked if – locker room access really a thing See, that's again. what i was gonna ask yeah. you which is too bad because and obviously anybody who knows me come i come from a newspaper background and as a beat writer you guys have had mike singer on here as you just mentioned and harrison you guys you know, like, so to 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 really establish relationships with players coaches whatever I mean, you got to be there i mean you got to be there be able to sit with them it's not all you record in front of their face it's you know sitting down getting to know them um, as yeah. people and it's hard to it's impossible to do that yeah. if you don't have locker room access it's just that simple yeah. and and so when i was coming up you know and you know just long time late 90s to now it was a lot easier i mean you could there was locker room access there was practice access you could sit down and talk to guys and so that's how you would uh, forming relationships. I just don't know how that's going to get done in a real way, um, probably going forward. Yeah. So with you over the last year and a half, as we've been covering this through Zooms and everything else, how do you feel like, do you feel as connected to the team or do you feel like almost you have to take, like change the way you get information and all this different stuff? Like how is it affecting you? Well, because I came from a space where some of the teams I covered, you really couldn't get close to the individuals. Some of the teams I covered, you could. So, I mean, over the course of 20, 25 years of, of media um, covering colleges and pros and all the kinds of different teams, I've seen the different scenarios. So I, I could adapt to what was happening with, with the Nuggets and, and just with the NBA in general, just how they were, um, you know, the, 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 the media access that they were allowing, I should say. Right. Yeah. Um, I don't know... Boy, I, you know, I, 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 I don't know if I didn't have that background, how, how well I would be taking it. Because especially now, and I'm sure Katie has, uh, spoke to this as well, like we're tra actually traveling with the team. Right. So, <laughs> you know, it doesn't get any closer traveling, than that. It's like, hey, yeah. guys, like, you know, you're in the hotel and then on the I'll plane and on the buses. Yes, yeah, so, yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly. And so to go from a space where you see them literally everywhere to now you don't see them anywhere except for on a screen, that has been a lot different. I, I, it's a small story. This is just how how stark it can be. Two years ago, whenever the, was the Nuggets lost to, whenever it was they lost to the uh, Portland Trailblazers, at the beginning, like, they played the San Antonio Spurs. Mm -hmm. So I have tra I traveled, me and Katie, we traveled the, the entire season, like every trip the entire season. Yep. So during the playoffs, they held, held me back and said, we want you to be a studio analyst for, for the playoffs. Cool, 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 cool. So halfway through the San Antonio series, when the Nuggets went out there and then bounced back, Jamal Murray passes by me one day. He says, 
where you been, man? Like, where you been? <laughs> and I'm like, and that was literally just a week. Yeah. Right? And right. so, you know, now you're talking about an entire season, well, a bubble season and then a whole nother regular season and playoffs. Yeah. So, yeah, it, it's been it's been different. Um, you know, and we'll see what happens. I have a story not dissimilar to that one. I did a big documentary thing on Will Barton years back, and he loved it. He came up to me and said, you did a great job. Then one week later, he, uh, he came up to me, and I said something about, I'll see you when you get back from this trip. He goes, oh, I'll see you on the trip. I go, dude, I don't travel. He goes, you don't? I'm like, have you never noticed that I'm never on the road? I'm like, you know what? Never mind. All right. so. It's funny how those things do or don't get noticed. Yeah, exactly. You know? what, what I think about is like, I've never seen Faku Kimpaso like face to face. Yeah, yeah. that's true. And, yeah. and God, do I want to? <laughs> yeah. Like I just want to see how because tall. it would be face to face. I just want to so see good. how tall he actually is, but I've never actually been face to face with him. Like Zeke Naji, I've never been yeah, in the same right. room as him, and yeah. he's been on the team for. Like a year now. And he's been yeah. on this show. <laughs> he's been on this show. <laughs> yeah. You've never met him. He would not yeah. recognize any of Which is crazy sure. because usually we would see these guys almost every single day. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. yeah. The Zoom stuff is really difficult for me. I mean, there are some positives. You mentioned the international media. And even, you know, I know Joel Rush has been covering this team for 10 right. years from Japan. And it's kind of cool that he gets to be in the club and, and cool. he asks very good questions and things like that. So there's some like positives of, of it coming in and you mentioned it stays, but the negative is sometimes you hop on a zoom for a practice and there's 75 people on the zoom and you're like, <laughs> and there's 20 hands raised and you're like, wow, not well, going to get a question today. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Hopefully I get lucky on this one. Um, I want to ask you this though, Jamal Murray, you know, after he goes down, he, he's back at ball arena for the playoffs. At, and I think it was the first round. He gets the standing ovation. The crowd's going, you know, going crazy for him. And, Afterwards, he hops on Twitter and he's like, I love this. You know, he just feel the love from the fans. And I remember thinking to myself, for the last year, players have only gotten the negative interaction with fans because you get on Twitter and everybody's like, you suck. Well, you're taking too much money. But you don't get to feel like, oh, they also love you and cheer, cheer you on, however you want to analyze that. And I wonder if there was a little bit of a break. And I wondered if players almost had the, had become more contentious with their own fans because they're not getting that personal interaction. You know what I thought was, how many times do you do an interview after a game and you'll say to a player, this is in the past, pre-COVID, and you'll say to a player, boy, could you feel the energy from the right. crowd? And, and, right. and a player will say, you know, I'm so dialed in that right. I don't really hear the crowd. Yeah. And um, I think when you come from that space to no crowd, yeah. I mean, just silence, it's just even hilarious even when I would go back and watch film of of the games and I'm like boy those arenas were quiet like yeah. they were really quiet yeah. and then you get back in front of fans and you feel right. all that and you hear it in maybe a way that you right. hadn't heard it before ah, no question and that's where I think the space where Jamal was living in was like whoa actually wow this was this is incredible right and maybe right. on some subconscious, uh, subconscious level he already knew that right but to be able to really soak it in in a real way yeah. uh, that that's where i think and is. and that's what made the trey young at madison square garden <laughs> awesome. saga like awesome. three times as as good as it usually would be because yeah. we just hadn't had that in so right. long True. we hadn't had 
the man in the arena versus the arena yeah. in so, so long. Well, and it's so in particular good. that arena. Right. Yeah. Like yeah. that one, I, you know, I'm old enough to remember the, the Reggie Miller th versus all of yeah. New York stuff. Yeah. Yeah. And that's just, that reminded me of that. It sure. was kind of like, ooh, they really do hate Trey Young. And Trey Young really <laughs> hates that too. And, and it's both beautiful. sides yes. love it. Yeah. Yeah. It was, it was yeah, the perfect yeah, yeah. thing yeah. coming together yeah. at just the right moment. Yeah. Trey Young's the best. Like I was trying to, this is going to sound like hyperbole, but I'm trying to describe what the Nuggets are missing in Jamal. He plays, I think, a lot like Devin Booker. You could say Devin Booker's better. I'm not going to try to argue because I think those arguments are dumb, but I think you have a similar style. I think he plays like Trey Young in spirit, though. And yeah. Trey Young's like the best of it. I mean, Trey Young really leans into it, but I think Jamal Murray does too. I think Jamal Murray likes being booed. Oh, totally. Well, yeah, yeah, totally. yes, for sure. Yeah, he loves that. He feeds on a lot of that stuff. It, it Actually, the, the Phoenix series, it was, it was just such a head shaker too because... Jamal literally torched the Suns uh, every yeah. single day. Oh, yeah. like, like he, yeah. he circles that Yes. One. I mean, that's just what he does. And a couple of those games in Phoenix, it was a sparse crowd because at that time, nobody liked right. it. Even in Phoenix, you didn't like the Suns. But right. now everybody loves the Suns. Yeah, yeah. Um, but that crowd, even in those games, which were pretty good, you know, the Suns would be up in the fourth quarter, and then all of a sudden he would do just something amazing on the court. And then he would just look up into the stands at a crowd that was stunned yeah. and that was getting on him and just be like, yeah, this is, I, yeah. I, I'm the man. <laughs> right. And now you can sit down. And that he loves that stuff. All the great players talk about it's more fun to silence an arena than to hear. Yeah. Like, well, that's just got to be a top feeling ever in like the history of feelings. Yeah. Silencing a packed away arena. <laughs> For sure. Like, For what's sure. better than that? Oh, uh, the Trey Young game. What, what, what game was it? Is it game one? I think it was game one, round one, where he's like, he got really quiet in there. And he's like, <laughs> he's walking out there. You're just like, man, he's... When did he take the bow? He's, he's was that game this. one or no, game two? I think two? that was after that, he... That was game four. It was, yeah, I think it was after... Or five. Game five. Five yeah. was the sweet five. Yeah, he took the bow. And yeah, the said, that, all I know is that's what they do when the show's over here. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> There's like a lot of shows here, and that's what they do when the show's over. I can't like, believe oh, how much so I love Trey Young. I can't believe it. Two years ago, I was like, I don't know. We'll find out. Now I'm like, dude, this is the best. <laughs> I'm, I'm so all in, man. That's how you should be with, with sports, though, I feel like. You know, I have nothing, no relation to, to him. I have no relation to Atlanta, but, no, man, he gave us a, a show in this playoff. Yeah, <laughs> what, am I going to hate it? Come on. The more guys that are fun to watch, the better. Yeah. It's just that simple. Um, I also wonder this question, though. The same, I, I'm, I'm kind of lingering on this because it's one of my big things I, I keep thinking about with the evolution of the NBA, especially over the last 10 years, the evolution of how players relate. Okay, we talked about fans, but I think even media. I mean, do you feel like the relationship between media and players has fragmented and fractured yes. more over the last 10 years? Why yeah. is that? I think it's just because it's more people. No. Um, you know, um, when I, so, so I'm, I'm, I'm 46 years old. <laughs> <laughs> um, so when I started way back in 1998, um, you know, if you attended a practice, it was, at the time, there were two newspapers. It was the Rocky Mountain News and the Denver Post. Um, and then if it was the Nuggets, it probably wasn't a TV station. If it was the Broncos, then it was all the TV stations. Right. Sure. Mm -hmm. But even when you had that, 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 that was the media. That was it. So you yeah. have Channel 4, 7, 9, Fox 31, and then two newspapers. So, you know, 10 people. Right. You know, like it was just not that many people. And so you were able to, you could pull a guy over. Like Adam Schefter was a big um, influence and mentor to me. Uh, he basically taught me this is how you this is how you operate in a beat. He said these are the questions that you ask. This is when you pull a guy over. This is when. And so I learned, you know, from him mm -hmm. a, a, about 
uh, how to how to be a beat writer and, and how to how to handle yourself as a media member. Um, but also there were just so few of us, and now there's so many. So now it's a a situation where if you're a player, even if you wanted to get to know some of the media members, you're looking out at a whole just a, a horde of people, sure. and and so th- that that I think organically makes you kind of pull back sure. and go, okay, that's them and I'm me. Yeah. And so um, that's why, you know, when I was saying earlier, it's, it's tough. I mean, I know for you guys, it has to be a lot tougher to get too close to a player. Um, and thank goodness for this medium. And you talked about Zeke Naji being on here, like he's going to remember that. And so then he'll remember you guys. But if there's not that kind of thing happening, then it becomes a real problem. And so, and then I think the layer of social media adds complexity to it. And, yeah. and you were talking about what kind of hate or, right. or love that you get on that. And so, and where is it coming from? And, but you, um, but you know how it is. I mean, if you get 20 messages that are like, man, Dempsey's the best, then you get the one that's like, Dempsey sucks. Like you remember the one that they said. And I feel like the social media aspect probably is a big part of that because social media is both the same as media and separate as media. Like yeah. we are on social media. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, so are every other person. And I do think, I do just wonder if like, especially with this pandemic where we haven't been around face to face, we haven't been in the locker room. It's just all they get are the negative aspects of even interactions with, with media, with fans, with media, with everybody. They don't get any of the positive ones and it's so separate. I just, well, I also think that a lot of players now think that media is like some guy on Twitter who's just like talking about the nuggets. But it kind of is though, if we're being honest, I mean, it kind of is. And, and it's tough to separate for a lot of athletes that from, you know, like what we do, Mm -hmm. like to separate those two. And they think all media like fits under one umbrella. And I, and I believe that's because the, the lines have blurred as to what, um, covering a team means, you know? And so, um, you know, when I was coming out of college, it was kind of, it was very, very straight up and down it was kind of like well you're the reporter they're the they're the player you write a story or you put a, a you know a, yeah. a broadcast report out there and that's the way it was and now i what i you know because of content and it, it has become a an all-encompassing thing sure so it's not only just the writing but it's also the broadcasting it's also the podcast it's also the social media yeah. that go into what you call covering a team now. right well even and just so it's hard to separate look at us within this group all three of us do it differently all mm-hmm. three of us play yeah, yeah. a different yeah. role so i do think that's part of it i mean the media is a term that's very popularized in in just dialogue and it doesn't mean anything right because within media there are different people with different goals and objectives and approaches but i do recognize like that's a lot of work to ask for a player to sift through that parse through that this guy does this here's who i can right trust. of course here's, they don't put it that what you got yeah, is just that level. dude I, how about like you said it just gets to a point where I, if i were in their shoes I would pull myself away. There was a funny one that Malone had. I can't remember what it was where he said, everybody's writing about this. And I remember thinking like, I haven't read a single thing about that. I haven't <laughs> seen a single tweet. Like he must've seen one and then, and then put it, but you know, we can't, can't blame those. We can't blame anybody. Like we don't, no. we know so little. Yeah, about all they know is that there is a bunch of people asking them questions. Yep. Now what we do with the answers right. is how that's what it becomes different. Right. You write in the story, you put it on a podcast, right. we tweet yeah. it out. Sure. What do you do? You're, you're analyzing it. How Always do you, you know, that's, yeah. that's the difference. Yeah. Um, let's move on to the Suns here because I want to talk about they just moved on to the NBA Finals. You know, I, it's kind of funny. Yesterday I came on here and talked about how Chris Paul had been dominating the basketball. I thought a little bit too much. 
I thought games three and five, they weren't his fault, but he wasn't the solution. <laughs> he's so old school. I mean, you're so new school. Yeah, yeah. Hey, get off the ball. Get off <laughs> the ball. <laughs> what all I'm saying is I could tell when push came to shove, like Chris Paul went into the, all right, you're not making any shots today. I got this. Well, the story of game six was that happened. He dominated. Yeah. <laughs> it was like. Then he hit all the shots. The way it's the exact same thing happened where it's like it's winning time. It's Chris Paul time. The difference was he absolutely he thoroughly like, dominated. I'm going to show the media and this guy. <laughs> yeah, this dad, he was watching the show. <laughs> he called me out afterward. Uh, no, but he was brilliant. I mean, he looked like he did in every game of the Nugget series. You know, he finally brought out that bag and just completely dominated. Um, I'm happy for the Phoenix Suns. And I got to say, I'm surprised you mentioned their crowds haven't been there. They're crowds thousand deep at the airport. Man. Yeah, you know, the, so way back when, so going back to the 90s again was the last time they were in the actual <laughs> yeah, yeah. finals. Um, geez, I mean, I was 18 years old the last time they were in the finals. I was 18. Charles Barkley was playing for the right. dog, dog on team. For a long time. And um, that's, yeah, the, 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 their arenas at that point in time were full. Mm. And then they just did this. And nobody went. Right. And they were so bad. I mean, two years ago, they, it was the, the, the worst, worst record in, in, their, in their franchise history. I mean, <laughs> wow. That was, that was, it was the worst I didn't realize it was franchise history. history. Yeah. They just walked so, into the final. Yes. I can't believe it. Yeah. So, <laughs> so when we would, even when we would go to those games with the Nuggets, I mean, there would be nobody in the arena. Like, mm. literally nobody in the yeah. arena. And so I, I, I have been impressed with that. Their crowds have been loud. The Atlanta crowd, I was impressed with yeah. how loud it was. Yeah. And the Phoenix crowd, I was impressed with how loud. I was not impressed. I mean, New York's crowd. I don't, to me, it's the best, like watching on television or on any screen, their crowd is by far the loudest through any screen that I've ever uh, heard. Like it's, um, you can feel the energy from a New York crowd in a way that's very hard with other teams, but Phoenix is just very close. Yeah. Phoenix to me was the loudest from watching. I don't know. You never know if it's, they turned the dial up this or that, but that crowd mm -hmm. had been great. And just seeing a thousand people, do you think there'll ever be a thousand well, people at the airport? I thought about for the this Nuggets? a lot. The, the airport placement, there. honestly, all no, that's, that's a single, great point. There's no way a thousand people drive an hour yeah. to yeah. wait for the team to that's land. A, they great, set it up perfectly point. too, because they had the cars driving right down the middle and the crowd on either side. Yeah. It was like a parade. Like oh, a tunnel so we do this for my kids and soccer. Yeah, yeah. They, they set it up perfectly. But it was cool. It honestly makes me happy. I like when smaller market, I know Phoenix, you know, somewhat, not really a big they're market, but they're small. like they're, they're like Denver. They're in the middle. They're not on the coast. They're not mm -hmm. I like I like when the you flower. see their fans show out and all of this. Um, well, did you also, I, I love the Final Four. So for, yeah. so, so for anybody who wanted to tag the NBA about, oh, it's the same team, oh, it's the same teams all over again. Well, same teams. Okay. So now you got Milwaukee, Atlanta, Phoenix, and the Clippers. Well, who've this, never yeah. been there ever. This like, is a really, really unique. Year. So okay, yeah, you uh, know. So it's. I think it's been fun in that respect. It's yeah. been terrible Definitely. because of the injuries. That that's the weirdest thing. It's like we got our parody, but at what cost? You know what I mean? Yeah. The, I've enjoyed the basketball, so it's like from that standpoint, it's fine. Um, but it is. Uh, it's just like how many stars go down before you start to feel weird about uh, it. You know yeah. what I mean? I don't know. It's a weird thing to sort so of reconcile. We're at this inflection point, and the Phoenix Suns have been able to stay away from this, actually, where everybody's injured. Yep. yep. Okay, so if everybody's injured, then it's all even. Then it's all yeah, even again. It's all even. Yeah. Yeah. But, but the Phoenix true. Suns have been the one Third team one. to be able to stay away from that yep. in a real way. Yep. And then they, I think, are probably favorites at this point now with Giannis kind of in doubt. I also think about the way their bubble run ended. They got that momentum, yeah. then they mm -hmm. got out of there. Yeah. And all the other teams that had to stick around, so, we saw that effect. So, that somebody, else, so somebody shared a couple different things with me. And one of them was they, they were saying, okay, they got out early, so they had a full off season. They had one of the youngest teams in the NBA. You got all those young players. You bring in a veteran, Chris, Chris Ball and Jay Crowder. But everybody else is there's like, they're not tired. 
And then you, they were talking about the restrictions in Arizona have been very light from the get-go, so maybe it's been allowed for more group events or whatever. Mm. Uh, you know, I know the NBA's been strict with, with this, but mm-hmm. you put all that together and you think, yeah, young, they can handle the grind. They were rested, even better to handle it, maybe easier to, to get in the gym together. I mean, all these things, I'm not trying to discount them in any way, but you look back at it and you think Phoenix is really good. It was almost like the perfect team. The like, perfect team for this year. In the perfect storm. Right. right. Yeah, absolutely. Capitalizing. Yeah, you can I say think that there's something, a- too, for sure, the, your point, getting in and then getting out, winning right. all the games, and then going, guess what? We're, we're, we're going to be all right. Right, right. right. Yeah. And, um, you know, Monty Williams being able to set that foundation for them. You know, I, I'm a big foundation guy, and I think – that that bubble run was so important for them because you go down there you go to bubble you go one and let's just say you even go um let's call it three and five you go three and five you coming back the next season with with any kind of real momentum right right. i mean is chris paul really happy to be there who knows if they get chris paul if they don't go you know fully agree so i mean that was such a big deal for him and then I think that Chris Paul did for these Phoenix Suns what Chauncey Billups did for the Nuggets when he came here, yep, which absolutely. was just be a guy that, yeah, you guys are talented, young, talented guys, but here's how to win. Mm. Here's how to value every possession. Mm-hmm. Here's how to handle yourself as a professional. And when you start putting all those pieces together with the raw talent that you already have, you have a chance to do great things. Chauncey took this team to the Western Conference Finals, and now the Phoenix Suns are in the, in the NBA Finals. Let's, let's take a break here because I want to talk about that exact thing on the other side about is there like a missing ingredient here as you're talking about with, with a Chris Paul or this or that, and maybe external, internal, or, or, or whatever. We'll get to all those Nuggets topics on the other side. Let's take our break, Harrison. Yeah, we got a brand new sponsor here on the pod, guys. These guys are sponsoring us across the entire DNVR network. Ball. 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 As us, in Ball Arena. Us as in ball and arena. the Nuggets <laughs> and the Avs. Nope. Yes, together with Ball. Um, yeah, uh, Ball as in the company that sponsors Ball Arena, as in the aerospace technology company, as in the world's largest aluminum can and packaging uh, manufacturer. And... They're a lot more than just that aluminum can and packaging manufacturer. They've been a leader in global sustainability efforts for decades. In 2018 and 2019, Ball Aerospace developed image surveillance systems to observe natural resources from space and methane, ozone, even land and water use. So they're a company that does a lot of good, uh, a lot of really good in the world today um, besides manufacturing cans. Uh, And on that point, they already make those 8, 12, and 16 ounce uh, can sizes for all kinds of liquids. A ball makes cans in over 30 different sizes at facilities across the world. We got a sexy this ad up read up for you. You got to sexy it up. How do you want to do that? They make eight ounce, (laughs) 10 ounce, and 12 ounce aluminum cans. How was that? That was pretty good, right? That's, that sounds great. That's, that's, that's way sexier. Yeah. Well, that usually comes when I'm really super comfortable with the ad. Oh, so you're like, easy getting to it. This is only this is the second day. This is only the second week second that we've date. had ball. So All right. we're still getting comfortable with the ad. I love it. Yeah. But um, the golden plant, the golden plant in particular makes regular eight ounce yeah. and 12 ounce sleek cans. Ooh, there you Very go. sleek. Uh, a 24 ounce growler size. We love growlers on this show. Uh, and 12 and 24 ounce cans as well. Alumi Tech bottles and several different can lid sizes, uh, which are then shipped to Colorado plants uh, to be filled. So they do a lot of really cool stuff at Ball. And they're also hiring at their golden plant. Uh, if you want to work at Ball, check them out. Text GOLDEN, G O L D E N, to 77222. 
or go to job or go to jobs.ball.com and search for golden. I'm also guys at DraftKings right now. You can still bet a dollar on the basketball team of your choice and win one hundred dollars in site credits. Is guaranteeing if your Atlanta team Hawks. wins. That's what he said, more or less. He'd more or less guarantee yeah. it. Yeah. yeah, the Hawks. Yeah. So we got yeah, Hawks we got, we got Hawks Bucks yes. tonight. You can bet a dollar on either the Hawks or Bucks. If the team you bet on wins, you Hawks. win a hundred bucks in Hawks. site credits. Hawks tonight? Are we taking the Hawks tonight? I'm with it. If Giannis is out, I'm with it. Yeah, yeah Giannis I'm is out. So, <laughs> so, I mean, they looked really bad in the like 30 seconds he was out before he came back on the court. Yeah. The, seriously, 12-2 run in 30 yes. seconds. You're like, wow. <laughs> it just was like, wait a second. <laughs> <laughs> he was. He did the actually walk back out on the gym. Like, all right, let's do this. Look at the score. He's like, what the? I left you guys for like His one team minute. was like, nah. There not. was a timeout in the middle of that. How did this happen? <laughs> so true. Yeah. So true. But yeah, bet $1 on the basketball team your choice. If that team wins, you win $100 in site credit. So make sure to download the top-rated DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code DNVR when you sign up to turn $1 into $100 in free credits. Again, bet on the basketball team your choice to win their next game. If they do, you will claim $100 in free credits. That's promo code DNVR. Only at DraftKings. DraftKings Sportsbook must be 21 or older, Colorado only, new customers only, wager paid out, insight, credits, restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash Sportsbook for details. And if you have a gambling problem, call 1-800-522-4700. Kale, pull up. We had a super chat here for Dempsey. Uh, somebody giving him a, a shout out. I think it was Scott Carpenter. Yep, here it is. It says, I enjoy listening to you and Kaz when he goes into a rant about the refs and you always do a great <laughs> job of bringing it back to the game. Thanks. That's kind of like my role on this show. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> really? Like, oh, but that's not really how it went down. Yeah, you know, <laughs> um, causing the refs. It's um, it's it's a it's a complicated uh, relationship. <laughs> My favorite is just like when he calls him out by name. Uh, Rodney Mott. This guy. He'll say, he'll say, yeah, I'll say he'll only be an official for the first round of the yeah. playoffs. <laughs> like, Whoa. Like, okay. Um, yes, I I you know I try my best to just let him say his piece and then you know uh, it, it still is my job to what actually happened on this play and sometimes that is a little bit at odds to what cause is saying on, on on air and sometimes it's not um but i i, I do think a counterbalance to that sure. is beneficial um sometimes um, and, and he knows and you know, he, he's a self-deprecating guy. He'll just, I know I know people. Hate, I know people hate me here <laughs> You're talking about ref so much, but um, Yeah, 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 I mean I, I think for me what I try to do especially on radio is go okay Well, let's just walk you through the play yeah, and, yeah, yeah. and then you as the listener can decide uh, Where the the discrepancy was cause is so good at that too, man Like whenever I sit and listen to it and think about how hard it would be to have the energy he has for every like cause it's so fast You know yeah. like and he, he the the car, gets to the left side and he's like, dunks on it. Unbelievable. <laughs> it's, it's amazing. It's, um, it's, it's literally amazing sitting next to him being able to do that. I, I, I thought I was listening to him one day and I'm like, I couldn't even keep up with what's happening right now. There's no <laughs> way I could keep up with what's happening right now. And then he's also, the other thing is, is he's just so funny. It's no. also hard to not belly laugh half the time <laughs> on on the, on the broadcast. I'm like, dude, stop telling jokes, man. Because like, <laughs> so it's uh, it's great fun. It really is. It's great fun with cause and, um, but you know, the referees are the referees. <laughs> I'll tell you what, man. Fans though want to hear complaints about the referees. I had a one star review over on Locked On, and it was solely because I said that Jokic getting kicked out for that 
flagrant or whatever. I was like, I, I, I said something like, I, I'm not going to argue it. It's not, I don't agree with it, but I, you can't, he was put himself in position to get screwed over. And somebody's like, one star review. That was BS. <laughs> you were like, There's no, and I'm like, I sorry, man. Were, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I thought that you were. Man, no, yeah. Yeah, like, That's a lot man. nicer than the DMs I got about my take for that. <laughs> really? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, my man. Oh, that was a question. tough time. Yeah. All right. Yes, so we'll talk about this Nuggets team because one of their motto has been, we don't skip steps over the last five, six years. I think uh, Tim Conley and Michael Malone first started saying this some like four or five years ago where it's mm-hmm. like, we want to go through every step of this process. And I think it's a wise plan. But. If you look at their best window of opportunity, in my opinion, was this year and next year financially, because Michael Porter's on this baby contract and he's going to be on it again next year. And you're always susceptible to that unlucky break, which is what they got. Contrasting that to Phoenix, which, as you mentioned, was the worst team Mm -hmm. two years ago. All of a sudden they're here. So do you, you know, as we kind of step back and look at this, is a slow burn process like the Nuggets have done, is it? always going to be susceptible to this type of thing is is the nba more a quick turnaround league or a slow burn league for a team like denver i think that what we're seeing in the nba now is they want to be a little more slow burn um let's let's look at the atlanta hawks now obviously they brought in bogdanovich and gallinari to to this to this um uh uh, this configuration of and uh, mcmillan like yeah and a new coach well, yeah, I mean, okay. he was an assistant, so right, yeah, they just true. they just raised yeah. him up when Lloyd Pierce, right, Ward is welcome. But um, drafting Trey Young, drafting John Collins, like you start, and then when they hired Lloyd Pierce, it was because what they wanted to do was draft young players, and then Lloyd Pierce was known as a a great player development coach. Yeah. So you get the young guys, Cam Reddish and all those dudes. Now you develop them up. Now you bring in veterans and mm. then you have a team like this. And I think that you're seeing more of the NBA do that. The Phoenix Suns. You have you draft DeAndre Ayton, you draft Devin Booker, you draft Cam um uh Johnson. Johnson. You draft all these guys and then you add Jay Crowder right, right, and Chris right, yeah. Paul and now you're in the NBA Finals. And I think that because the majority of NBA teams, and I think this was just an epiphany for them five to six years ago, was like, you know what? We can't just get any free agent we want. The majority of us. Right. And even LA had this period in time where it was tough for them. Yeah. And so this notion now that you get into the draft, you get your star player, you build around your star player. I think we're seeing it everywhere. You see it with the Milwaukee Bucks. You see it with the Dallas Mavericks. It's a great you see point. It. I mean, this is how I think teams are being built. Wes Unseld has gone on to his second interview with the Orlando Magic. Well, guess what? They have a bunch of young players down there that they want yeah. to develop and then put together right. a team. And so I think that's exactly the way the league is going right now um, because I think by and large, and then the, the rules that are um, skewing it so that the teams that draft these players are the teams best equipped to be able to keep these players um, you know, makes it a little bit more difficult in some instances if, the, if you're not Anthony Davis trying to get out um, to, to acquire a guy like that. So. Uh, the draft is, I think, the most important that maybe it's been in, in, in decades. And then I think the player development piece is as tuned in from a league standpoint mm. that it, it has ever have been. Yeah. It has been. What do, how do you evaluate the season with the Nuggets? I mean, it's so hard to say, was it a success? Was it a failure? I mean, how do you, when you think about it in those terms, success, failure, how do you evaluate it? Uh, you know, I, I somewhere now, it's, it's, it was a success from like, it's, 
what lens do you want to look through? So it was a, it was a success from the standpoint that by the end of the season, you were playing a team that you didn't think that you would be playing um, in terms of players that you wouldn't uh, be right, playing significant minutes, and you made it to the second round right. of the playoffs. Okay, so given those constraints, that was success to be able to, to rise up and get to that level. Um, it was disappointing because I, I think, and Michael Malone spoke to this after the season, when he said that game when they went to the L.A. Clippers right after they acquired yep. Aaron Jordan, uh, excuse me, Gordon, uh, Aaron Gordon, and they go and beat the L.A. Clippers. Smack and he them. says to him, yeah, he says to himself, oh, we are legit. Yeah, <laughs> we are legit. We all said that to ourselves. Every yeah. person think, that watched yeah. 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 Right? Yeah. And so to go from that space to think, wow, we can get to the NBA Finals to seeing all these players, all your players get injured, and now right. it's things are in shambles and you're scrambling uh, to even stay competitive – to watching the Phoenix Suns go to the NBA Finals because right. they were the one team that right. stayed healthy. Right. Yep. Right. It was, it's like it's got to be so disappointing from that standpoint and and maddening because what this season showed you was you were right there. You could be in the NBA Finals and you're not. And not only that, the timing that one of your two best players got hurt was. Is going to make it that he's not coming back yeah, until right. way late into a season that begins regular schedule right. this time. So now you've got an, an off season where you know that guy who's who's taken up a lot of that money, that slot on your roster, is coming back at one point. Mm -hmm. Is going to be a high impact player. You already have so many guards. So are you trying to add another guard? And you're looking at all this data like. These decisions, I think, are, are, well, it's easy for me to say, probably a lot easier to make if they take plan A into the playoffs and it doesn't work out. Right. But that was plan C at best. Even yes. that, how yeah. do you, how, I mean, I don't envy Tim this summer, you know? I don't either. This, to me, was like the, the neon sign that was the most glaring when Jamal Murray went down was like, oh my gosh, what are they going to do two or three years from now? Because you were on a specific path and now... Yeah, we know Jamal Murray's coming back. We don't know how good he's going to be when he comes right, back. Right. We don't know if he'll ever be the same when he comes back. And if he does, what's happening with the Nuggets at that point in time? Are they number one in the West? And like Michael Porter Jr. is averaging 30 right, points a game. Right. Are they number 10 in the West? And right. they're, you know, and so you, it, you have no idea what's going to happen in a way now that is very, it's kind of troubling from the standpoint that, okay, how are we allocating our financial resources now? Who is go how do we build this team now? To your point, what do you do this offseason? Yeah, well, it's really and, the first time where the plan has kind of gone off kilter because, like, they get to the playoffs the first time, they make a little bit of a run, they get to the conference finals, everybody comes back, they're looking to take that next step. And it was the first it's time. It's linear, it's all linear. Yeah, it's like, it, hey, keep it had doing been this. all linear to this point. Mm -hmm. And this is the first time when they, kind of got awry yeah. when the plan did not go exactly and then to how your point, they thought it would. Now, guess what? You're going to have to pay Michael Porter Jr. Right. the max. And You think a max? Yeah, he's going to max. Okay. For sure. This summer, well, you think? I, I'm, yeah, I don't know. I know uh, this is just I you. Mean, you, I, you yeah, I mean, I mean I, I, so it'd be one of those deals where you sign it, but it doesn't kick in until right, the following right, season. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, that's, Conley kind of hinted at it. He said, our our MO has been to pay guys early, early or whatever. Yeah, you yeah, don't yeah. say that if then you go to the table and you're like, not you, though. Yeah, because, yeah. <laughs> it I mean, a really yeah, good yeah, setup. Yeah. And especially yeah. not to Michael Porter Jr. Right, right. Really, I, th I think we right. all understand the talent and what, what he can grow to be if he, if he gets there. Um, and then what he's done right now is just show you that he's probably he's worth the worth, yeah. worth the price tag. So, but it's a price tag, and 
So between him and then Jamal and then Nikola Jokic, who once his contract goes is up, then it's a supermax situation. Right. I mean, it's yeah. it's a um, th- there's a lot of money going out, obviously. And so then, how do you build? How do you prepare for that right now? Sure. The supermax is so tricky, man, because you look at it and go like, if anybody deserves it, you know, Jokic deserves it, this or that. But then you wonder about two hundred and forty, fifty million dollars. I mean, that's that's the double the payroll that they've ever had and yeah. you're giving it to one guy. Yeah. So it, it just, well, it makes, and this is why you're, you're drafting and your young players are so important. Yeah. It's going to be very important that Zeke Naji shows that he can play yeah. well as, it, uh, you know, um, um, uh, they believe in him a lot. And, and so does he, uh, you know, validate that trust? Uh, Marcus Howard, who just was awesome. I've in, in the last, what, three sure weeks was. of the season. Yeah. Um, can he continue to to be better? Because it's those players and those salaries that are going to be very important when you're putting the players around max, max, max. Yeah. So yeah. if you if you were you're in charge of a team, so if you're you're at that sort of inflection point, does that change your approach to the draft going forward? Is it? I mean, you know, there's these differing philosophies. You just take the upside and the talent, or does a team like Denver, because of the way the cap sheet starts to change, do they maybe have to start looking at ready-made players? You know, in the um, I think you can take you can take a little bit of upside if you're if you're if you're the Nuggets. You maybe can only do it for me for this year, maybe next year, just because the the contracts are still going to start getting really big, real fast. Right. Um. But you also have a G League team now, right. so right. you know you can draft to the G League team, and you're going to have guys. You know, if 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 Marcus Howard needs to play some G League games, he's going to be able to do that next year. Zeke Naji, anybody else? Bull Bull. Um. So. Uh, that's going to be a big deal. And that's why I, I think, you know, somebody asked me just recently, do I think that they would even draft a player in a draft? And I said, yeah, well, of course they would. A, this draft is really, really good, yeah. really, really deep. So you're going to get a, a, a really decent player, a really good player at their spot. But B, you can, he can play in your system, you know, in, in, in for your G League team. That's a big, big deal. Right. That's a big, big deal. Sure. That is a big deal. I just I'm think about what they it. got in the draft last year with RJ Hampton and Zeke Najee. Like, mm-hmm. both those guys couple of the younger players in the draft but both those guys you could have put on the court last year yeah. and they could have played for you yeah. like zeke did rj RJ did even more rj did and there. just think about what rj would have been at the end of the season if he would have stayed in Denver. well if you and you go you guys were dialed into what he was doing in orlando yeah. he was really good yeah, yeah. they put him on the court and were like all right bro yeah. go ahead and play and, and those two guys were, were raw coming out of college they were young mm-hmm. so i mean i think you can even still go that direction yeah, if you're done. I do too. Yeah. And I think to your point, they're going to have to. I mean, that's just yeah. the nature of it is you're going to have to find some Tory Craig, some 25 year olds playing abroad. Vet minimums and rookies. Yeah. And, and that's what you have to have. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, look what the Lakers did around um, LeBron AD last year. And it was like JaVale McGee on a one year contract right. and Dwight Howard on a one year contract. And you know, you're like, that's what you have to do. What they're doing in Brooklyn around those three right, guys. Right. It's just rookies and guys on one or two year contracts, like minimum, vet minimums. That's what you have to do when, you, when the salaries get high for a few players. You don't have to get lucky and find a Reggie Jackson or two, too. I mean, that's one of the big things. He's making $2 million a year this year. Yeah. Campaign. He's their second best player. It's going to be incredible when, when, when this is Emmanuel Moutier. Every joke that's been made, and then it's just him. <laughs> it's just him. He's he just comes back and he's incredible. And, yeah. He's just asked, uh, yeah. don't hold your breath. Uh, what <laughs> I, will. I will. All right. How do, I want to hear you, you know, with Michael Porter, his season was so weird getting COVID right off the bat. The team yeah. got off to that terrible one and three or one and four start. And it was, it was shaky, but he obviously came around, you know, on the back half of the season. What did you, how do you evaluate his year? I liked his year um, because I thought that what I, I know personally, I wanted to see, okay, so how are you going to grow? 
And, you know, it was tough. Like before the bubble, you know, his playing time was scattershot. And even if he had a really good game, wasn't promised to him that he would even play the next game. And so um, that was very uh, hard on him. And, and Michael Malone acknowledged that, I think, in the press conferences leading up to the bubble, which yeah. he said, yeah, it was a little too scattershot for, for, for Michael Porter Jr. So, OK, so he he plays a little bit better in the bubble and then he, he comes back in, in this year. And, and so the question I thought I had for myself was, can he be a significant piece? And, you know, at the time, it's a, it's alongside Jamal Murray right, and, and right, Nikola Jokic. Right. Mm-hmm. And can he find his way? And, you know, two years ago, I remember the, the talk in training camp in, in Colorado Springs was, well, boy, I have to be able to figure out how to play off the ball. I mean, yeah. you know, can I be, you know, can I, you, you know, the, the dribbling, you can't you know, pound the air out of the basketball and take a shot. Well, this following this 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 past season when he had the game where he took well, he had what with four dribbles to get twenty five points yeah yeah yeah, 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 yeah 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 that's shocking <laughs> so Clay Thompson yeah right so you go from a space two seasons ago in a preseason where you are openly saying this is something that I have to grow into to being able to have that exact kind of game yeah that is great growth and yeah. and and I thought for him. Um, offensively, he was obviously awesome. I mean, he can shoot the ball. It's ridiculous. His, His shot is ridiculous. Yes. Um, then defensively, I thought over the course of the season, uh, he improved. And, and really, that was just for him saying, this is something that I know I want to do and I have to do. Yep. He's fully capable of doing that. Come on, it's an athletic body. I mean, he's, he's got, he can do that. So are, do you want to do that? And then and so he showed that he did. It actually really proved, especially weak side shot blocking was Definitely. awesome. Yeah. Like Definitely. Yeah. He was awesome in that. And in they that didn't one. have much of that. Too, yeah, exactly. So, yeah, yeah, I mean, I thought that, that to me was a, a real surprise. Uh, and so I thought his season was good. I thought he got taught a lesson in the playoffs. Yeah. And that is this ain't easy, bro. Yeah. You know, this is, you know, as, as talented as you are, these teams can take out talented players. Right. And so um, what did you learn from this experience? What did you learn from Portland and, and Norman Powell being very physical? What did you learn from being injured and having to play through that a little bit, but also playing against a defensive team as good as Phoenix uh, Phoenix is? And so what I would like to see from him coming into next season uh, is is this this fill in the gaps thing? So, uh, ball handling obviously has to get to get much better. If you yeah. can't get from point A to point B, right. no matter how good you are as a scorer, yeah. uh, you got to be able to do that. Um, improvements defensively as well. So, um, I thought this was a great season of growth for him. I, I had no problem with this. I, I I liked his season a ton, and and I think he's a very very scary individual to have to project when you project what he can be. Right. Boy, boy, he's he's going to be one of the elite scorers in this league. What kind of leap do you expect from him between this last year? Because I was thinking about this. This is his first real offseason because he got the knee injury going into his first summer league, and then mm-hmm. last year was so effed up. Yeah. This year he gets four months, three to three and a half months. Mm-hmm. What do you expect leap-wise? Uh, I expect him to be uh, – I think offensively I, I would expect him to be – as good as good as an, an offensive player as there is in the league, mm. I think he'll. Ball handling is easy to to get figured out. Yeah, that's easy. <laughs> you it know, might take two off seasons, but he'll get halfway there maybe in one. Yeah, come on, man. And, and he, he, really, he knows it, right? You're saying, come on, man, to to him like this one year. Yes. yes. Oh, he can two do seasons. Yeah, no, he can do this. This summer, man, I don't know about he that. He can do it this summer. I don't know about because that. some of the stuff. But think about some of the stuff he was getting stripped on. So, um, it'd, it'd be like a transition fast break, and he'd he'd have yeah. the ball, and he just he'd get it stripped at the rim. Um, he'd take a handoff curl into the lane, try to get to the rim. He'd get it stripped. Yep. 
And so the question is, is um, how comfortable are you in, um, you know, in spaces where the defender is kind of closing in on you? Can you get can you get around that man and still get to the rim? And then how comfortable are you in tight spaces? That is a lot harder. I mean, the, the best the best ball handler have to learn how to. You get into traffic. Can you get yourself to the rim to your shot anyway? Right. And so, uh, but do I think he can do that in one offseason? Yeah, I absolutely think he can. And, and and if he if he does, that just opens up everything else. Oh, I mean, we started sure. seeing him in attack. Obviously, when Jamal was on the court with Joker, he could attack. Uh, he'll attack weak side closeouts and get himself to the rim. Um, there's just a lot more he can open up and be a, an effective offensive do, player. Do you get the sense that he's identified these things as the spots of growth? Like for us, it's really it's the hands are the glaring problem. Mm-hmm. Do you think he's entering that offseason knowing that? Yeah, because when you're on the court, and you guys well know this, when you're on the court and this one thing keeps happening yeah. to you all the time. <laughs> so true. <laughs> you know, I mean, it's yeah. like... Okay, I mean, like, you don't even have to. You don't even have to go back. Like, if you went back and looked at synergy, and it's like, hey, look, you turned the ball over fifty percent of the time when you went left. Like, you, you already like, that. Right, you already that. Yeah. You don't even have to. I remember to, that. Just, yeah, <laughs> you know, just yeah. think about how many film sessions there were during the year where Malone was going through the tape of all the turnovers and whatnot, mm-hmm. yeah. and how many of them were just him getting stripped. Right? Yeah, I mean, you, and those, you, and those are, you gotta look at that and be like, oh shit, like, that's <laughs> yeah. I should probably address that. that. Yeah, yeah, and then those are easy. I remember when Ty Lawson had this um it had this issue and it was one off season when i did his uh film breakdown uh he was really really good going to his right and then just it's just things were not as good going to his left and he already knew that yeah, yeah. and so what happened over the off season is he worked on that left everything going left 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 and so then what happens in the, that following season is not only are you better at this one thing but now you're more dynamic as an offensive player so if you are scouting me and you can go Okay, but half the time you're doing this and the other half of the time you're doing that, it's hard to box you in, uh, in uh, on the court. It's hard yeah. to point you to a certain space and say, don't worry, he's way less effective right here because that's not the case anymore. And so for Michael Porter Jr., it's now we know you can do this. How dynamic can you be? If I box you into this one area of the court, are, are, are you going to be very, are you that less effective? Right. Or can you still do what you need to do on the basketball court. Yeah, this is a great way of putting it. I always talk about with his talents, especially it's about unlocking them because the talent is there. Like if he gets an open shot, he's almost like as good as anyone. Yeah. Now can you get to the point where you consistently get open shots no matter how the defense plays you? And I'll say this, guys, and uh, you guys might laugh at this one. So I, I always did laugh when he was coming in out of Missouri and then there was this, this whole Kevin Durant versus like, he's Kevin Durant. Sure. Right, right, right. Um, because I, that's ridiculous, but <laughs> they're tall and yeah. skinny. I mean, it's really all it comes I know, yeah. but you know what? <laughs> oh, watching him, at, watch, watching him a few times last Spice year, it up. I, I was like, this dude is Kevin Durant. <laughs> five peppers, Kale. Five peppers. But he's, he's, that, that's what he is. What, 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 right, he's not. Ah, yes. <laughs> that you actually know, came he, from Dempsey's <laughs> phone. Yeah. <laughs> he's he's obviously not quick and explosive like Kevin Durant. Like Kevin Durant's pure than here than here. Um, but what he is is y- you're not going to touch his jump shot. Right. And yep. then if he can get to his spots any right. any right. anywhere on the court. It's over, baby. Yeah. It's over. Yeah. And so that's that's where I'm I see him. I'm like, wow, he can be that guy. Even a Robert Covington who's a long defender. Like there was times where he could just shoot go into a shooting motion and Covington's like, I, All you can not, do is I'm not even gonna jump. Yeah. What, what is yeah. this? Yeah. Well so. we have talked about how like Michael Porter Jr. doesn't have that extensive of a bag. Mm-hmm. Like his ball handling's pretty basic, but 
it doesn't matter for him because, like you said, he's 6'10", he's 6'11". He just points to a spot on the floor, dribbles there. Always just shoot over you. Then just rises up <laughs> and is open. Yeah. Well, this it is, mattered and, in the Phoenix round, though. Sure, I mean, but, at some point, it'll catch up yeah. to you. But. but this is why you love the fit in Denver. I mean, it's one thing to find a guy that immensely talented, but one that is seemingly both willing and capable to be an off-ball threat. Mm-hmm. Now, he does need to add these, these things to his game. But again, when they're healthy... He, his job is not to dribble the air out of the ball. His yeah. job is to make a defense scared from the corner. And we know, we knew from day one that he can do that at the very I'm, least. I'm ready for him to do to be capable of running more pick and rolls. Sure. Just well, in the flow of the offense. Well, not like dribble about down to and call see it. it. Potentially starting opening night next yeah, year. Right. Because sure. the, next couple, the first that. couple months of next season is going to be this incredible opportunity for Michael Porter to just totally take over. So I for his well, birthday, I got totally him a flight ex- to... And, Sambor it can totally expand his game. Yeah, yeah. Well, and and that's it's it's a it's a it's the, one of the biggest reasons why his ball handling has to improve. Okay, so in these playoffs, to me, the unfortunately the biggest star in the playoffs has been injuries. The yeah. second biggest star has been the high pick and roll. Mm-hmm. You look at what Trey Young has done in sure. terms of and how they they fa- they fashioned that roster around him. And what are you going to do? You're going to stop the roll? Gonna, right. The, the Nuggets had this problem with John, James Harden and Clint Capella and all the oh, shooters course, in Houston, yeah. right? So, so Always this is, got them. And then, so you have Trey Young doing this, and you have uh, the Phoenix Suns doing this just yep. relentlessly. Yep. And so if you're Michael Porter, I know that they tried to run some of the similar actions that they had Jamal Murray run off of Nikola Jokic with Michael Porter Jr. to varying degrees of success. If you can get into more of that stuff, to your point about the pick and roll, and dribble handoff now curl now 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 maybe Nicole is rolling to the rim, you hit him here or you read the you read the defense what they're doing you it, it's just this one area of and that's just experience plus ball handling if you can't even get yourself to the spot if you can't manipulate the defense I mean Chris Paul when he clears a screen and then he goes into like a dribble that's like maybe backwards yeah, between yeah, the yeah. legs or something <laughs> and like nobody's in front of him yeah, after that yeah. like it is. It is so important that you can manipulate the basketball however you want, get to whatever spot you want, and then deliver the ball or deliver the shot. Right. Yeah. yeah. Such a big part of it. Let's take our last break. On the other side, I have two more questions for Dempsey. One of them on the MVP of the season, Nikola Jokic. And the other one, we're going to talk about Chauncey, what kind of coach he'll be up in Portland now that he's in the division, which really <laughs> sucks. It's a real bummer for me. But quick, go as quickly as you can through the ad reads. I don't know if our sponsors are going to be happy about that. But um, uh, (laughs) right now at Solace Meds, they've got some awesome deals uh, for their July 4th sale. You can buy three, get your fourth product for only 10 cents uh, in the entire store. Uh, They got tons of other deals as well. Wait, Um, I can make any product in their store the fourth item? I believe so. Yeah. I'm about to go put that. To the <laughs> yeah. yeah. Their July 4th sale. Buy three. Get your fourth product for 10 cents. All right. In I'm the there. entire store. See you soon, Solace. <laughs> in the entire <laughs> store. Um, you can see them soon because they've got a location just blocks away from the DNVR bar on East Colfax. They've also got locations in Fort Collins, Wheat Ridge, one off of Broadway. And like I said, one on East Colfax uh, right next to the DNVR bar. Uh, they got tons of other deals as well. You can also use the code DNVR20 to receive 20% off your entire purchase. Uh, if you're at the Wheat Ridge location, you also get a free Solace Bar or King Cone uh, when you use the code DNVR20 as well. So stop into uh, Solace Meds uh, whenever you're in the area. Also, if you're in the market for a house, if you're a first-time home buyer looking uh, for more information on a mar- on a mortgage, 
check out the good folks over at Chevalier Mortgage. Mike and Virginia Chevalier have been in this business forever. Uh, they know what they're doing. They can make a really complicated process super easy for you. So visit them at dnvrmortgage.com. Get set up for a free consultation uh, when you're there. You can call Mike directly. You can call Virginia directly. Uh, Mike is at 970-412-2472. Virginia is at 303-257-6578. And you can visit them at www.dnvrmortgage.com. Michael Chevalier, NMLS number 1931006. And Virginia Chevalier, NMLS number 1910631. And finally, at Hassle Cattle Company right now, they've got this awesome deal for DNVR members. You guys can buy three, get one free on their flank steaks. Uh, super delicious, really flavorful. They're also only $9.99 as well. So buy three of those, get one free with the code DNVRFLANK at HassleCattleCompany.com. You can also use the code DNVR10 for 10% off your entire order uh, at HassleCattleCompany.com. All right, we got to go lightning round here because I actually thought of the third one that we wanted to talk about. So this is real quickly because I don't know if there's a lot to say it, but Jokic's MVP season, obviously historic for the Denver Nuggets. Mm -hmm. One, how important do you think it was to Jokic himself? And two, you know, he's still ascending. He's 26 <laughs> years old. I kind of feel like his best basketball is still ahead of him. Do you feel like is this his best season he'll have? Probably be his only MVP just by the numbers. But Yeah. Um, his season was awesome. And... Um, I think what we are entering into with Nikola Jokic is, you know, however long he wants to continue to play is maybe this five year span where he just dominates all the time. Yeah. Like he's at the peak of his powers. You cannot do it. You cannot show him anything on the court that he can't get out of. He can score on anybody. It's that that's one of the differences between a LeBron caliber like this caliber player and then maybe like a, a second tier superstar and that yoke had like three bad games this year yeah and they weren't even that bad they yeah were, you know they even, yeah they're just bad because we're like oh that's not 30 yeah i mean 72 games and like 68 of them were yeah. a plus like incredible <laughs> yeah. games exactly so i mean I, I just i loved everything about Jokic's season um and you know obviously being a native here and having watched the nuggets since gosh mcnichols arena um I, I just thought it was the it was the best moment for for the franchise in its history and with his his mm. uh, winning the MVP, um, and I just think he's at the peak of his powers and I think it's just going to be amazing to watch him just dominate for yeah. until he just kind of like okay cool I'm just going to go chew with the horses but um, <laughs> yeah it was great I think he was mentally fried at the end of this was, I think physically probably too but that Both. Sun series Both. like Both. get yeah. swept I I want to believe you know. Even as shorthanded as they were, they could have taken a game, but they weren't really competitive. And I think part of it was Yoke just to me looked fried, like almost yeah. resigned to it mentally as like there were some big moments, mountain, there was some big moments where it was kind of like he's tired. <laughs> <laughs> he's most definitely tired. And why shouldn't he have been? Yeah, I mean, you're course. talking about after Jamal goes down, they go 13 and five. Like, they, yeah, like yeah. he just puts a team on his back. And then, you know, you like you said, you have the mental and physical grind of the playoffs. And sooner or later, you get diminishing returns. I mean, you can only, you know, they had a shelf life. They always had a shelf right. life. And so, you know, the shelf life was running into the Phoenix Suns into, in, yep. in the second round. Sure. Uh, how, what kind of coach is Chauncey Billups going to be, in your opinion? Um, you know, that's a good question. I, I think he'll be a good one from the standpoint of he understands that, like, the details don't get by him. Yeah. So he'll be a very detail-oriented coach. I, I just always think about this. Um, you know, coaching is so much 
part of it is X's and O's. But part of it's just getting dudes to do what yep. you tell them to do yeah. all the time. I think yep. it's shifting towards that more yes. and more and more. Yeah. Yeah. And so, you know, that I don't have a great read on. I, I just don't. You know, to hear Paul George talk about him, you know, Paul George raves about him and says, hey, he, he's been great for me personally. Um, but that doesn't mean you can run a team. Sure. Um, so, listen, Chance is my guy, obviously. I mean, I played against him in high school and we won't see you together and all this kind of stuff. But um, this will be, it'll be a lot of fun. I mean, yeah. I, I think he's a great basketball mind. Um, but coaching today is a lot different than even some of the coaches he played for when he was playing. I think yeah. so much of his success or failure is going to come down to how well they can build a team around Dame because I do feel and like what's the system look like what but I even just feel like Dame's is almost hinting at you got a year you got a little bit of time here if, I'm, if we're not if we're not a competitive team and it's not just on the coach it's like if we don't have a competitive roster man I'm 31 yeah. you know what I, I, I Portland the reason I never remember last year going into the, this last this coming into this season and everybody's like, oh my gosh Portland had just Unbelievable offseason. The collection of talent they put around I felt CJ and Dame. That, I that, that's the same conversation that happens every offseason. Yes. Thank you. Thank you. That's my point about the Portland Trailblazers. It's just kind of like they change the pieces all the time. Yeah, like yeah. all the time, they literally change the pieces. But only thing that ever matters is the system. Yeah. Because the system is always the same. It's Dame and CJ taking the majority of his shots, either in a pick and roll or ISO situation. Yeah. And you cannot win basketball games to a high level with that system you mm. cannot do it and so if chauncey billups can come in and say all right here's what we're gonna do you could even somebody says to me well uh, it's recently well maybe they should trade cj and do something and i said well okay because you can get something for cj and then you know what do something the way atlanta has fashioned around trey young with Damian Lillard, because you can still score 34 points, right. Damian Lillard, and still hit Nikola, uh, excuse, hit uh, Nurkic, roll into the rim, hit a, uh, you know your three-point shooters at the three-point line, and now your offense is way more dynamic. The, the games they beat the Nuggets, it wasn't in a question as to why. It's because they played as a team. Yeah, yeah. Norman Powell yeah. had yes. a big game. Yeah, yeah. Nurkic yeah. had big games. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Every, every game that Dame went off, felt a little more winnable for Denver than the, the, yes. the 55 point game right one of the greatest performances of all time yeah and you they lose that lose. game still yeah. Lose, yeah. because at the end of the day we're all watching They're, your own teammates are watching yeah, yeah, yeah they yeah. were for sure yeah. watching him too so, down the stretch anyway. uh last one here before we get you out of here the NCAA just made a ruling now where this was coming I didn't know it was coming today but or, or it this week. started today right yeah. I believe so today. it's in effect now in effect yep. ASAP but um now players can make money off of their own likeness name and image and I to me it's kind of funny because this is the NCAA for years, I've always thought it was like, what, it's so weird how it's set up. But this is one where I'm like, this one always should have been. How could you not sell your own name? Yeah. And, yeah, dude, and guys, insane. <laughs> and I'm telling you, as having covered colleges since the mid 90s, dude, this is one of the biggest news stories that you guys will ever see. Sure. Mm -hmm. Players can make money now in the NCAA. And of course, they should have always been able to do that. And this kind of some of this goes back to obviously Ed O'Bannon going, wait, hold on, that's, is that me right there on NCAA basketball? Because like, right. shouldn't I be getting money for that? Um, but also, this is about to be the wild, wild west yep. of recruiting. Yeah. I was just gonna say, yeah. I promise you that. <laughs> and the NCAA, what are the numbers gonna be like here? Oh my gosh! Who, it was RJ Hampton. Did you see RJ Hampton's quote the other day when he said? Teams are paying money. Like he was kind of saying, like, dude, yes. all these guys would have paid me, but they weren't paying me millions like I got in Australia. Mm -hmm. But now I kind of feel like that's not true anymore. No, and you know, for recruiting, 
All right, Harrison, I, I'm, I'm recruiting you, bro. Okay. And um, and Adam's recruiting. Okay. So you, my, you're, you're recruiting visit to me. Um, I'm just gonna hook you up with. We're gonna walk you straight to the local car dealership guy because He's let me a just booster. tell you what we can do for you. Not only can we give you all the facilities and everything that you want, okay, but this guy here, endorsements, whatever you need, it's gonna be five six figures per year. Okay. <laughs> Top that, Adamaris. Yeah. But then Adamaris is like in Alabama, and he's got all the boosters plus. Right. His own deal, and he's got like three car dealerships. Yeah. Yeah. What type <laughs> of cars, though? Yeah, you got a truck, we got a sports car, you got a motorcycle, got them all. I, I promise you, it's gonna be the Wild West, and I know that's one of the things that the NCAA was was wary of, um, because you can't regulate this anymore. Sure. I don't know if you guys saw the thirty for thirty, the uh, SMU, no, the Pony oh, Express. Yeah. Okay, and like dudes are just like, yeah, here's a, a car. Lot, yeah, 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 like all this, and so. It's it's gonna be like that. I promise you, it will. Um, but on the flip side of that, I, I have to say that the, the, of course they should be able to profit off their likeness and image. Right. Of course they. Right. And that's 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 a no brainer. Right. But it will get take, taken advantage advantage of, and these teams that have bigger pocket boosters will be the ones getting the players more often than other schools. Yeah, right. I, I even wonder about the big fish though, like Nike and this or that. You know, there's schools that are Nike schools, right? And yeah. I just wonder if that becomes, like where's the line there? Can Nike come in and offer Zion Williamson yes. $20 million? And he's like, you Did know you what? Come to Oregon. New Orleans yeah. has the first yeah. pick, coming back to Duke. Oh, Because I'm going to make the same money. Oh. In, in fact, I might make more money at Duke because. Okay, so you're raising a good point here and I'm going to raise it in reference to the G League because you know they yes. have the G League at night team. Yep. And part of the draw was like, guess what? We're going to pay you plus right. you're going to be uh, able to learn how to be a professional well heck you, you can go to college now and get paid yeah, yeah. so so college I, I think for colleges like this kind of swings the pendulum back into their favor a little bit because now shoot you can go to duke and have the the crowd and the all the parties and everything <laughs> else and you're getting paid you don't ha you're not having yeah. to toil in kind of relative obscurity um in a gym somewhere with the g with the g league ignite and so i think you know, That's colleges true. will find that some of these players will start going back to college because they're listen, they're gonna stay there one year anyway. But in that one year, you know, if you're making, you know, five figures, then it's all good. I wonder if it'll be one year though. Sorry, I, I just wonder if if guys won't come back if they are getting shoe deals early, and it's like, hey, you're at Duke, the brand is so strong for you there anyway. Maybe I don't need to come out, you know, my after my first year. I'm having so yeah, much fun man. doing right. this. Think of how much fun, like the top basketball players have at a college. Mm -hmm. Now think of how much fun it will be to be there as a top basketball player With when you're also money. getting also, paid. Dude, I, got, I would get a $100 check. Dollars. I'd yeah. make like $100 a week at my job at in, when I was in college or whatever, was working part-time. That check came in, man. I was like walking around campus, yeah. like I getting some beers tonight. Right. If I had my check with $10 million, you yeah. know how fun college also, would be? Also, oh, it's, it's unbelievable. And even if it's just the tens of thousands. four-year players yeah. back. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah the Sports Illustrated the four-year players back the um you know I, it takes me back i remember so a long time ago when i was first covering cu um there was a um i don't know if you guys are familiar i'm sure you are with the name jeremy bloom yeah so jeremy bloom at the time was uh, a cu football player and he was also an olympic skier really really all oh, right, right, uh, right really really good one and so at the time he was oh. he was um there was this there was an apparel company coming out and trying to get right. its foothold so into the lexicon and they signed Jeremy Bloom and that that company was Under Armour and 
the NCA basically said, no, well, you can't make money off of your Under Armour contract, which they were just tying Olympic success right, right and right. still play football as a football player. And that went back and forth in lawsuits and he eventually had to stop playing um, or I don't feel, I can't remember what he did if he gave up the skiing or the football. I think um, he gave up the football. He gave yeah, the football. yeah. Right. Yeah. And um, every, every time I see th this, this ruling made me think of him first because it was like, dude, he could have just played football and, and skied right. and yeah. done them both and made the money. And uh, it just is, it, it's wild to think that it took this many years. I mean, we're talking 30 years basically Man. later. No. Um, All the vacated records and titles yes. from guys. And think about Wiseman. See, Wiseman's obviously playing for the Golden State Warriors, but he had to stop playing at Memphis because of irregularities with yeah. with who was being, you know, was it is it permissible benefit, impermissible benefits or oh, bummer two he, years. He wouldn't have been. had to done that. Yeah. yeah. I wonder if um, they're going to have to institute a cap somehow, like on, on what teams are on. But I don't, that probably creates more questions than it answers. Yeah, I'm sure. The NCAA, it's it's over, man. This is gonna. It's like <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you're like a, you're like in Ghostbusters when like you had all the, the ghosts were all in the safe, and all of a sudden like the safe bust, like all the ghosts are going out of like the city. Like that's where we are. That's I can tell how I'm happy Dempsey is right now. Just decades of hate for the NCAA just coming out. Hey, just, what I want to know is, see, can see you compete. We got some big donors. What's going on here? We but, gotta, okay, but that's also the, okay. The next layer, it's going to be hard for, uh, yeah, for schools like CU too. to compete with school. Like they're in a Pac-12, they they competing with donors from USC. Right? Yeah. Nope. They nope. with the donors from UCLA. Nope. Nope. So I mean, yeah. it's like we got Pasta Jays right here. <laughs> you want to be the spokesperson <laughs> for Pasta Jays? BYU's like, listen, no coffee, no soda, but fifty thousand dollars over four years. Yeah, that's wild. For sure. It is going to be. It, I, there's more a longer conversation to be had about yes, this, and just how sure. it affects the NBA draft, how it affects all that stuff. Because I do think it's one of those. There'll be ripple effects. Maybe it takes some time, but mm -hmm. I was with you. I thought the G League thing was like, hey, a new path. Guys are going to start coming in. And I think yeah. it's a good thing because they'll too. get trained at a higher level now. <laughs> it's like, nope, you get ten million dollars okay, from cool. Duke, and you're just back at Duke. <laughs> or maybe I can't wait to see the one random booster where all of a sudden it's like Weber State is getting all these top recruits. Like, what is going on? <laughs> yeah, here? yeah, and it's yeah. like. What what work are you doing? Oh, you're in this one little. You're like a, a picture in a magazine ad or something like yeah, that. Oh yeah, exactly. Like, you made fifty thousand yeah. dollars for that. You're an endorsement yeah, deal with some did. oil company, and it's like, what is, <laughs> how does this even work? Who are they selling yeah. to? But all right, guys. Yeah. He's Christopher Dempsey, the OG. Um, I always, I think last time fun, I said man. everybody's big brother, man. We always appreciate you coming in, man. I appreciate you guys having me. This is yeah. awesome. Yeah, it was a lot of fun, guys. Don't forget hit the like button on the way out. We thank you for for joining us tomorrow. Casual Friday. We'll be more, even more, more casual. casual more, more casual. Yeah, next week. Believe it or not. It gets worse. This is my <laughs> business casual right here, man. Uh, thanks, everybody. We'll see you guys tomorrow. Right now, it's Travel Craft Coffee. They've got some awesome deals for DNVR members. If you're a first time customer, go to StravaCraftCoffee.com, use the code DNVR25 for 25% off your first order. You can, get a, you can get a Strava Craft Coffee subscription, get your coffee every two, three, four, six, or eight weeks. And then you can get 25% off that purchase with the code DMVR25. If you're a returning customer, use the code DMVR20 for 20% off Strava Craft Coffee, which is packed with CBD. You know the benefits. It can help relieve long-term back pain, migraines, arthritis, IBS, tons of other stuff as well. Head to StravaCraftCoffee.com right now.